Hello and welcome to Remember God Loves You and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a fantastic day because I know I am because today is a day that the Lord hath made and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time and all the time God is good. You know, there is, you know, with everything, anxiety and with just the nervousness and worrying, it's not a problem until we identify it as a problem. And the moment that we can identify it as a problem is the moment that we can start working with it. And we can start calling upon God to start uh, providing us peace and comfort through this uh, anxiety situation. And it's not just only anxiety that is a problem, but it could be other things such as addiction and other things that it can be troublesome in your life. So with this, in, with this in mind, let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, O oh, oh Lord. We pray that whatever is going on, Lord, help us the problems that we face, Lord. Either if it's anxiety or uh, some kind of an addiction or just anything that even finance, Lord. We pray that you can just put a peace over it and that we can acknowledge it as a problem. And that we can seek the right help. But before that, Lord, help us to go into prayer with you, Lord. To just remember that you are sovereign at the end of the day. And remember that you know what's in our hearts, in our minds, and what we think each and every day. May you guide us and protect us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. So, if you have your Bibles open, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25. And it states, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is is not life more than is not life more than food in the body, more than clothing? Okay, I want to break that down because that's so confusing. You're probably thinking, okay, did you not read that verse properly or what? <laughs> so I'm gonna reread again. So Matthew chapter six verse twenty five it says, "Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat." Or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now that is the words of Jesus. And that is very, very confusing. A lot of you probably thinking, and how is this important to us? Well, the reason why this implies into us is because so many of us have uh to like some of us uh worry about uh hoarding and uh always preparing i used to be this individual where i used to prepare for the worst to come now it's all good and under it's all good that we should be prepared for anything but there is such a thing as unhealthy balance there is a such a thing as focusing on the worst to come and so then you're going to be focused on um you know, on the worst things of life. And you're going to be taking things away, the happiness of life, because you're always thinking, you're always on edge. And then, therefore, it becomes a very, that becomes a problem. And then you start hoarding stuff. And then that really becomes a problem, because then it affects your family around you. Then it affects the relationships you have with your friends. And so, you know, for instance, we look at, 
we look at food and in my lifetime, I've been to houses where a lot of people were hoarding food because they're worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. They're worried about it. But then they tend to forget that food, all food has a shelf life. And once that shelf life expires, then the boxes start breaking down or the cans. And then once the cans start breaking down, then you get friends. The friends are rodents, rats, and the list can go on. Then that really becomes a problem because then that eats away at your house and that eats away at your walls. So then you are, so then therefore the problem that you have, that hoarding become, that becomes a problem, is like a, a small mountain. You know, oh, I got to start worrying about what's going to happen. So I'm going to save a little food, you know, or I'm going to save a little supplies, you know. But then the little supplies become more and more supplies. And then you start, you know, living at your house and then you start piling up on things that things that you're not going to really use and the best description of it is when you watch the hoarding buried alive on a and e that is the best description of people with not a problem but with a disorder with obstacles and with fear and that they worry about what's going to happen tomorrow and so this verse is telling us not to worry and the only reason why I think this is important to me is because I used to struggle with this. You know, I used to hoard food in my room and I used to hoard food and because I was worried about what if, am I going to have food tomorrow? Am I going to have um, am I going to have food? Am I going to be taken care of? Am I going to have a bunch of things to make sure that uh, that making sure that I am taken care of? Well, I found not to hoard. I found out this lesson the hard way when not to hoard food is when I found a whole bunch of ants, um, in one of my drawers and in one of my in my room, and I'm wondering why am I getting so many pests in my room? Well, I found out the problem, and the problem was because of my selfishness and because of my my worriedness, um, because of it. I welcomed on I welcomed the guests, but it was the wrong guests. And I got rid of it. You know, I found out the problem. And then I said, okay, I want to get rid of this. And I got rid of it. And now I don't have any pests or anything uh, in my vicinity where I sleep at or even where I resided. So then you jump forward to Luke chapter 10. And it states, and this is also Jesus, uh, verse 41 1041, it states, And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried about troubled. You are, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. And right there and then, I think it's interesting because Jesus even knew that Martha was worried and troubled. It had troubled some about many things, and she was kind of drifting away from the relationship with Jesus and with her friends as well. First Corinthians chapter seven verse thirty-two. But I want, I want you to be without care, and he, he who is unmarried, cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Amen, and amen. So pretty much, if you're married or if you're single. We have a one one goal, and that is to please the Lord. That's only if you're unmarried or if you're single. Yeah, unmarried. We should be focused on pleasing the Lord 
But the moment that you say, I do, you should be worried about pleasing two people, the Lord and your spouse. And then you add kids, and then it's the Lord, your spouse, and your kids, and then it goes on to your work. The number one priority of our life, if you're single, is you pleasing the Lord, and then pleasing your family, and then your work. That can There's always a balance in there, but the number one should be God. And yes, there are times where I have been worried and I have been anxious about my job and I've been anxious about my work performance. And I've put God number two and potentially number three on my list. And last but not least, we have, we have James chapter one, verses five through eight. And here's what it states. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, with no doubting. Sorry about that. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Wow. Let that sink in for a little bit. Literally. Without pretty much, let him ask in faith without, without no doubting. Just that verse 6. But let him ask in faith. With no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Man, that, that hits home. Because I have doubts. You know, especially when your loved one gets sick. You know, you and especially when you are on the brink of losing your job and that you have a work performance that comes out. And you're and you have doubt now. You're thinking, okay, am I going to be secure in my job? Am I going to be secure in my new relationship? Am I going to be secure in knowing maybe I bought a new house? Am I going to be secure that this house is going to be my forever home? Am I going to be secure of it? So we are like a wave in that sense. And how this is a wave in my life is I've had, if I've, I have had waves in my life. And that wave is when my loved ones get sick. And I've always wondered, am I going to be, how do I know that God is truly going to heal them? You know, how am I truly, know, how do I truly know that he's going to take care of me? And he's going to heal either my grandpa or my grandma. And so there's a wave and I keep on crashing. And we shouldn't be like that. We should be like a, a firm foundation lighthouse in the middle of the wave. For instance, like there's this, there's this lighthouse in France, I think, off the Mediterranean Sea. And if you ever see pictures of it, I'm trying to remember the lighthouse, but I'm not for sure of it. But I looked it over and I watched YouTube videos and I think you can find it where this lighthouse is pretty much in the middle of nowhere. And I am so surprised how it still can stand with all the waves that it experiences, with all like the, the waves crashing against the building. 
and crashing against a lighthouse and how there's nothing around it. I think we should be like that. Our love relationship should be like that lighthouse. It should be firm in our foundation. It should be firm in our love relationship with God. So that when the waves of the problems, waves of problems, waves of sin, waves of addiction, waves of temptations, waves of you know, life hits it, we're not going to be wavered by it. We can stand there firm and in acknowledgement knowing that God is going to be there. And that the only reason why we're standing is because of our love relationship with him. And that Jesus provides light to us. And so, if we continue... Um, so, the overall thing is that, you know, through the reading of the scriptures, we have Paul. Paul wrote a majority of the New Testament. And before I continue on, I would like to apologize. But the reason why I feel like I'm very, I'm very congested... Is because we there's allergies, you know, the seasonal allergies, and so it looks like I'm like sniffling my nose, and you know I have a runny nose. So I like to apologize as as seasonal allergies. Uh, we all get those at the same. We all get those. But it's interesting. So going back, you know, we have Paul, and Paul didn't uh, minus words when he identified the problem of anxiety. Without fact, he didn't say, oh, okay, the problem is, uh, okay, I want to mitigate away from the situation. So I'm going to minus and subtract some words. No, he, no, he didn't do it by any chance. So the term he used for anxious in Philippians 4, 6 is from the Greek word, um, armenio, which shows up in the New Testament 19 times. It's the word Jesus used when he said, do not worry about your life. He used, he used it again when he spoke to a distracted, busy Martha, saying, you are worried and troubled about many things. And Paul used it when he told the church of Corinth, I want you to be without care. And it's interesting because Mermenio uh, is another word for anxious and anxiety. So when you, and that's another word used for, and it's interesting when we look about that and how Paul used that so many times. And we continue on stating that Arminio comes from the two Greek words, the first of which means to to tear or separate, while the second of which means the mind. So the biblical concept of worry or anxiety literally means to tear the mind. It's an apt description. Anxiety divides your mind between legitimate concerns and destructive thoughts, ripping it into two different directions. It leaves you double-minded, unstable in everything you do. So many things can cause anxiety. Health, the holidays, unexpected hardships, current events, and our reasons of worrying are often manufactured and complex. Add to that the fact that most people in the world face life without any real purpose, believing that they inhabit an inaccessible universe that has no rhyme, reason, or God. That's a lonely, frightening place to be in, without doubt. Of course, the unbelieving world recognizes that anxiety is rampant 
and a lot of well-meaning psychologists, doctors, therapists, and counselors are trying to help them or trying to help stem the tide. It's not hard to find advice about how to cope with anxiety. On well-researched and well-intended article said, our goal shouldn't be to dismiss in, uh, dismiss anxiety entirely, just to make it a healthy, manageable part of our lives. Quote. That's quote-unquote from a well-researched intended article. So we're left with the seemingly reasonable idea that the best we can do is manage our anxiety and keep it from overwhelming us. But if you belong to Christ, which we all do, well, it depends on your relationship. Is that enough for you? Because if you belong to Christ, is that truly enough for you? Are you satisfied with the answer? Because God offers us a way to eliminate anxiety as impossible as that might sound. Ask him to open your heart and mind to the truth that he might that he is enough to help you face all of your problems. Yes, that is true. God will face and help you to cope through all the problems that you're going through and manage your problems by providing you peace and comfort. So with that in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. And my whole thing is, is that If you do not know who Christ is, we're going to give you the opportunity and the ability where God can provide peace and comfort through the anxiety moments. And you can give your anxious thoughts, your anxious heart unto him by stating this prayer. But if you're driving, please don't close your eyes. You're welcome to say it verbally. Jesus, you died upon a cross and rose again to save the lost. Forgive me now for all my sin. Come, be my Savior, Lord and friend. Change my life and make it new. And help me, Lord, to live for you. Amen. And amen. Well, I would like to congratulate you if you accepted that prayer. And now you can now develop a love relationship with God. With this in mind, let's end it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. You know, we face a lot of problems, Lord. Our, you know, with the holidays coming around the corner, with the current situation that the world is in, and maybe our family is in, as well as with our work. May you help us to be that lighthouse that is in the middle of the ocean in France. Where when the waves come and the waters crash against it, help us to not be wavered by it. And help us not to be going along with the waves. Help us to be firm like that lighthouse. So that we can call upon you during those times of trouble. Lord, because you are a merciful Father, may you guide us and protect us as we go out each and every day. And help and give that assurance, knowing that you have a plan for us. Lord, may you guide us on the path that you have provided for us. So that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can finish strong. We can finish with excitement. 
we can finish with a heart knowing that we have finished the race and that we get to cross the finish line and we get to run into your arms. And we get to hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, I hope you guys have a blessed day. And remember, I want to say that I'm not um, annexing that mental health is, or anxiety is not a mental health issue. It is. But all can be coped with. Once we identify that, you know, anxiety is a problem. Once you identify that, then we can work together. But the best part of it is that if you call upon God, he will provide peace and comfort. He will mitigate the situation. With this in mind, I hope you guys have a blessed day. And remember, God loves you. And I'll meet you at the finish line. Have a blessed day. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.